0: everyone and welcome to Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Tom Adams here for the flagship edition of the show. Today I am joined by the one, the only I need no name and we're just about a little bit under 24 hours removed from a very very dramatic installment of their classicer Bayern Munich drawing 2-2 two, two level with Borussia Dortmund. I'm sure most of you know by now. We were up 2-0 conceded two goals, the second of which was very, very late. The last minute of stoppage time, actually the 95th minute of an allotted 94 minutes, I should say, Anthony Modest at the far post, and we dropped two points. So in not the best of circumstances, not the best of times after Bayern had won two matches on the bounce after a four-match barren run without a win in the Bundesliga. But all things considered, how are you doing today, And
1: <laughs> Funny you should ask that, because... We are basically recording this first half of the podcast for the second time after (laughs) our recording the first time failed. So
0: Shout out to to the software, right? It really helped us out today.
1: I I don't know, man. Um, It just feels really bad. So please excuse us if our thoughts seemed a little bit scattered right now, because we've been trying to troubleshoot this for at least 10, 15 minutes now, but... Since we don't have much more time, we just decided to start recording again. So, yeah, I don't feel great, but um, I probably feel better than what the team is feeling right now because that game against Dortmund, not good. Not good at all.
0: Yeah, and so, I mean, we had a little accurate great material from this recording that's gone into the abyss. But, you know, what we really wanted to talk about is all of these uh, results under Nagelsmann this season. Last season, yes. There were so many different variables going on at one point during the beginning of the Rook Runda. We had to field basically teenagers because we had so many players missing through injuries, suspension, COVID infections. I'm not sure if that even correlated to the time last season where Kimmich had not been vaccinated yet, but Nagelsmann given a little bit of leeway because of that. But this season round, you really don't seem to have, at least thus far, too many issues with COVID infections. I know, obviously, we just had uh, Neuer and Goretzka when they were away with the Amanschaft and then more recently Kimmich and Muller, but obviously Kimmich has already recovered was involved yesterday, but basically a lot of these drop points for Bayern Munich this season, when you look at them, there really isn't a specific glaringly obvious thing that sticks out uh, or ties them all together in a, in a cohesive manner. There's just a lot of isolated incidents where we talk about, like, we don't know if it's a mentality issue. We don't know tactically if something is going wrong, if Nagelsmann's not making the right adjustments, but in Gladbach, Union Berlin, uh, Stuttgart, Augsburg, more recently, obviously, Borussia Dortmund, you know, you can't really pick one thing that's going wrong in all of these matches other than dropping points. So, you know, what what are your kind of, your general thoughts on that? And what do you think it is that needs to be dialed in and zeroed on, if
1: anything? The thing is that, like, how do I explain it again? Um, the thing is that there is no pattern to our losses or draws or whatever. We've only lost once, in fact. and But the number of draws we had this season is absolutely ridiculous. In the Bundesliga alone, we have only won four times in nine match days. And when you say it like that, it is absolutely absurd. And I don't think we've had a start this bad in the Bundesliga at least in my time as a Bayern Munich fan. What is going on with Navels Spence Bayern? It's hard to say. Like You think about when Flick, his second season, every single game, we were conceding the first goal. Every single game, we had to claw our games back. We were winning games 3-2. We were drawing games 3-3, 4-4, those kinds of things. We would win games by scoring four, five, six goals. But still conceding like three, four, five goals. That pointed to a fundamental problem with the way the team was defending. So we could say, yeah, Flick, you need to fix the defense. Whereas Nadelisman today, I don't know. I can't say that there is any fundamental problem in that way. You look at Gladbach, right? Gladbach is where it all started. Before that, we were having a perfect run. Gladbach, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with the Gladbach game. There's nothing I can criticize. Jan Sommer, he just... Yeah, he just, he just went nuts. And I would so, even
0: add it. And at that point, Nagelsmann, after that, that particular match, had said that was what he felt was the best Bayern had played all season, yeah. despite only getting a point.
1: And he's probably right, because I, I don't... 19 saves. If Jan Sommer had to make 19 saves, imagine how dominant we were in that game. So, yeah, Gladbach, there's nothing to complain about. Then, But then just one week later, Union Berlin, they shut us down we conceded first and then we scored one back but right after that we could not create anything it was almost like union berlin they they turned into atletico madrid and we said what was this we blamed the referee at the time for letting union get away with a lot of fouls and that kind of thing but like you can't just blame the referee every single time we did not show enough creativity to win against union berlin but then that was Union. We went on to beat Inter Milan in midweek, I think. Yeah, that was our Champions League opener. And I did the post-match for that game. And I was not very impressed by Bayern's performance. Despite that, we won. So where is... And a clean like, sheet, yep. Yeah, and a clean sheet 2-0 at the San Zero. And I mean, look, what are, we, what are you supposed to say? Games where we perform well, we don't win. Games where we don't perform well, we win. Yeah. Games and even that
0: Barcelona we, yeah. match, like, ironically enough, was... if Lewandowski converts those two chances in the first half, different story, but he
1: did completely different. Yeah. So, like, w- what is the pattern here? Sometimes we perform well, we lose or don't, or just draw. Sometimes we perform horribly and we just come up with a clean sheet 2 0. So, what is going on? What can Nagelsmann even do with this? And I kind of feel sorry for the guy just looking at. The kind of games we had, kind of performances we had, because from my perspective, he as a coach, I don't know what he, what else he can do. He seems to be putting out a team he thinks can win, and the team itself seems to be doing almost enough to win every single game, but not enough for some reason. And I don't know where we're falling short. Like I can look at each game and say, yeah, this is what was wrong against Unión, this is what was wrong against. Augsburg this is what was wrong against Slapak, but I can't say like this is what's wrong in general
0: yeah and even in that first recording I know you and I had some good back and forth about I brought up the idea of psychology and a mentality issue and I coalesced the fact that some teams right now they bring in professional sports psychologists to help the players deal with immense pressure uh, in immense situations uh, hostile atmospheres, especially like in European competition, there are some places where you go, where you will go, and you'll be subject to a very hostile atmosphere, and that's not a very easy thing to deal with, um, for a lot of different reasons. But even you know, you were saying you can't even boil it down to that, you know, because I was kind of echoing the sentiment. There are all the all of these isolated incidents, but there is there has to be some sort of reason it's happening. Um, to the point where I brought up the term arrogance with teams like uh, Man City, uh, PSG, um, even Chelsea sometimes, but not so much now, uh, Man City, Chelsea, Real Madrid. They just seem to have this arrogance where even if they're not putting their own footprint on any given match and not playing too well, they just seem to almost know and feel that they're going to get the result and get things to go their way, whether it's against the run of play slightly with the run of play. If there's shifts in any given ebb and flow of any given match, but it's just something I always notice. And perhaps we don't have uh, enough of that. Now, sometimes that, you know, kind of translates to a, a little bit of uh, if you will, shit housery, um, things like that, where the, the cockiness and the confidence translates to those types of things and, and working them into the, into the match, which I don't like. Uh, And I I don't think Bayern really is too guilty of that. But it's got to be something because we've had players right in in our squad that have been there, done that Champions League finals, Champions League winners, World Cup winners, you know, guys who have gone to the biggest stages, the biggest competitions and are very, very versed and very used to being there. But that doesn't really seem to matter with some of these drop points that we're getting, whether it's Dortmund, whether it's Alexburg, whether it's Gladbach, whether it's Union Berlin, Stuttgart, you know. And as you mentioned, it's not as if it's a lack of quality or or a lack of effort or lack of trying because we've seen, we've already beaten Inter Milan, we've already beaten Barcelona, destroyed Pelzen in in that first leg, flying in the Champions League. So there's no excuses. But in, you were saying, you don't even think you can boil it down to a mentality issue, can you?
1: Yeah, because think about it. Like when we faced Barcelona, I think the team's mentality was amazing. Barcelona had us under siege, honestly. And you could tell. The team's body language, they knew they were up against it, they knew they were in for the fight of their lives there. But they had they managed to hang on and they managed to make Robert Lewandowski not score. There were those moments by Lucas and Lupermicano where they stole the ball of Lewandowski's feet. Benjamin Pawad went down injured early in the first half, and then Nusar Matsraoui had to come on basically cold without a warm up. And even then, he was probably one of our best players in that match. So, a team that can do that, right? You can't say that they deserve to then go and lose to Augsburg, right? And But then you look at the game against Dortmund last night, where we were 2-0 up, and it seemed like both Nagelsmann and the team, they decided, yeah, okay, we're 2-0 up, that's enough. Uh, There's no way Dortmund will come back from this and that's why we started to see those subs. I think Delict yeah. was yeah injured. He yep. that's the reason he was up but the other subs like Coman coming on and all those things and that's why suddenly we lost control. But even then like when you tune it up you should be able to see it out. You should just be able to pass the ball around and get like get a win from there. And that doesn't seem to be happening. And it's the second time that we've had uh, Bayern losing these leads like we saw it against Stuttgart as well I don't know why those things happen but then you have the problems with finishing that were highlighted against Augsburg against uh, what else was it Augsburg we had problems finishing Union we had some problems finishing but the problems finishing they seem to be fixed because yeah. against Dortmund Two great shots taken by Sané and Goretzka against Leverkusen. We took all our chances that pretty much came to us yeah, Kilsen, in, uh, again. Yeah,
0: eleven goals in three matches. That's yeah, not goals a Sign be, of a team that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's not doing well did,
1: finishing. Not doing well for in finishing, and it's not like personnel is a problem either. I mean, uh, you can look at Sadio Mane or Serge Gnabry and say they're not performing well, but like. Lucas Hernandez, we know that he's our best defender and he is currently sidelined for a very long time. But De Ligt and Lupa Meccano, they stepped up. They've been performing so well in Lucas' absence. So you can't say that Nagelsmann is missing them too much. Muller is gone, but even in the absence of Thomas Muller, you have Jamal Muziala playing so well. Um, one assist last night the other assist like it should have been counted as assist but I guess a defender got a touch on it so it wasn't but he basically created both goals last night so yeah yeah so like the players are stepping up the coach seems to have his tactics under wraps, but there is something missing in this Bayern Munich team that is fundamental that is keeping us from reaching our full potential that is I don't know if that's mentality Or if it's just something more esoteric, something more something that a seasoned coach might be able to spot, but us as fans don't. But that just makes this season probably the most confusing I've ever had as Bayern fan because week to week I'm not miserable. I'm not miserable like I was under Niko Kovac. We're not playing horrible tactics, horrible football, but we're not winning. So
0: yeah, and and it's almost we were talking about the Dortmund game specifically, it's almost as if we weren't able to accept the fact that how many times can you remember in, whether it was Kovac Bayern, Ancelotti Bayern, Jupp heinkes Bayern, uh, Hansi Flick Bayern, or even Nagelsmann last season, how many times in can you remember the narrative being one shot, one goal, or two shots, two goals for our opposition? And that was pretty much we for once, like God forsake it, like once, we were on the other side of that narrative. One shot, one goal with Goretzka. And I think Leroy Zane's shot, I would argue that Zane's goal was the only piece of action for us that actually came. I think we started the second half pretty brightly and started to gain a foothold, but Goretzka's goal slightly against the run of play. They're like, we're almost never on that end of the narrative. One shot, one goal, or two shots, two goals. And it's almost, it's just like, it's almost like our players are like, wait, what? This this happens to us? Like we can actually we can actually be a part of this narrative and get points. Wait, no, that's too good to be true. And of course it was. Yeah, uh, so like, like yeah, it's yeah, like it, that's not Nagasman He was forced to make two of the defensive changes because yeah. of injuries. Obviously, Alfonso Davies and Delict, as you mentioned, were both hurt. Davies much worse for the wear. I think he's been diagnosed with a bruised skull. Uh, officially said he's doing okay via his Instagram story earlier today. Um, or it might have been Instagram live. I'm not I'm not entirely positive, but. You know, the other substitutions, I guess, it was just preservation. Gnabry, uh, Sadio Mane, when Chapo Moten came on, Kimmick coming on for Sabitzer, who had a yellow and was already making silly challenges while he was on a yellow, dancing that tightrope. He's got to save legs for a Champions League and a run-in uh, with matches coming, thinking fast. But yeah, it's just like that. I mean, that's not really on on Nagosman. Like, the, the you know, we should have been able to, to close that out and be like, okay. Great, we'll we'll grind out this result. We'll have two shots, two goals, and, and good. We'll go from there. But it's almost just like it was too good to be true.
1: Yeah, but what confuses me is that we did the exact same thing against Barcelona, but there we came out with the win, right? And it's not like Barcelona are weaker opposition than Dortmund. In fact, I would say Barcelona are significantly stronger than Dortmund, and they put up a significantly better effort against us than Dortmund did. Because you think about Dortmund's chances, you you mentioned that we didn't have that many clear cut chances, and I'll agree. But Dortmund didn't either. So we had that under control, and when Kimmich came on, our control of the game also improved. Despite that, this thing happened, and it's always something new every game. Always some new issue. Always some new crisis that's coming yeah. up. And because it's of like, that, it's we, like, we were playing yeah. better.
0: It's like when we were playing worse the scoreboard was the scoreboard better in our favor. Better. And, yeah. then, and, we, and then we were playing better, the scoreboard was worse. For...
1: Yeah, it's like some like, kind of you... <laughs> weird Real Madrid... Like, this is what Real Madrid does, isn't it? Like, when they're just not playing well, they get the result, but, but they're playing well. Who knows what can happen? It might not even win the game for them. So, I... I, And I know that people will say that Nilesman has been unlucky, unlucky with the referees, unlucky with injuries, but, like, despite luck, We've done almost enough to get over the line. And you would think that a coach of his caliber, he would be able to convert those 50-50 games into wins for us where they should not be. I I, I don't know if I'm explaining it properly, but he should be able to con- com- make us play beyond that level where we are more or less even with our opponent and it could go either way he could he should be able to make us superior to our opponent with the talent he has at his disposal in the squad despite injury despite COVID, all that stuff
0: yeah and you know obviously i don't think this has ever happened before in um like it's just like all of the variables and little things that surround the season don't work in nagusman's favor or by that same token any manager of any club that's relatively new in said 10 year. Like the fact that the group stages of the Champions League is going to be fully played out in nine weeks because of the World Cup in Qatar is pretty ridiculous. Um, you know, we're only a few match days in, but I feel like somewhere down the road, as we get like four or five match days in, like we're really going to start to see more injuries and fatigue pile on because that's an insane amount of matches. And pretty much everybody in that European competition has their domestic competitions as well. Just the sheer amount of football to be played before this world cup kicks off is pretty ridiculous. And then that'll be a whole nother uh, bag of issues to deal with all the players getting back from the world cup. Who's going to be fatigued based off of who goes further with their respective nations, who's going to have injuries, potentially season ending injuries uh, or would be bad injuries, players that are already carrying something as it is uh, and players, you know, how conservative are they going to start playing when we get to the later parts of this month, the beginning uh, of November, Because they don't want to get hurt and miss out on the World Cup. Like, there's just so many different things. I mean, obviously, none of that stuff is going to work in Nagelsmann's favor. But at the end of the day, he is the guy in the hot seat. Uh, And with continued drop points in, now we've lost uh, Delict. We've lost Davies. Still, as you mentioned, without Luca Hernandez. Muller should be back once his symptoms go away from the COVID and cold-like symptoms that he was experiencing after getting a positive COVID test, obviously Kimmich was asymptomatic, tested negative, so he was able to be involved yesterday. But So in looking at it, uh, Pelsen again, in the Champions League, obviously match day three and four, you play the same opponent, um, home and away. Then SC Freiburg, who are higher than us in the Bundesliga table, and we haven't really beat anybody in the top six in the Bundesliga table yet. Uh, and then Augsburg in the second round of the day of call. Obviously, they were one of the teams to get the better of us earlier this season. The schedule is not getting any easier, and this is going to be a tough run in with key players missing out. Is this something that will change the conversation from our front office pundits and fans in from, okay, don't overreact? Nagelsmann's the right guy for the job. Our front, af- front office is doubling down on this to, could this change? And if we drop more points to, hey, Maybe a change is something that's necessary to turn things around because you look at the matches that we have coming up. Are you confident we'll get six points and then to the third round of the day of paypal call? Or do you have concerns that that won't happen? And then there will be even more scrutiny um, and criticism lodged Nagelsmann's way.
1: Well, the thing is that the next three games, they can't save Nagelsmann, right? There is no way, even if we win all of them by 5-0, you know, five goals to nil, that's not going to help Nagelsmann's narrative because the damage is already done. But the thing is that it can break his season. You think about the Pilsen game. What is the significance here? You have Barcelona and Inter on the other end, fighting it out at the Camp Nou. If Barcelona win, which they are the favorites to do, they go to nine points, I think. Is it nine points? Uh, No, they, they don't go to nine points, but they go to six points and they can expect to win against Pilsen at home at the Camp Nou as well. So they can go to nine points that way and Inter will be also on nine points. So if we fail to win against Pilsen, we'll be on nine points as well. That would mean that there is a genuine chance for Barcelona and Inter to leapfrog us and send us into the Europa League. That would be catastrophic. For Nagelsmann, I don't think any Bayern Munich manager in this era can survive being sent into the Europa League or even the risk of being sent into the Europa League. And for Nagelsmann, that's going to be tough because he would have to then go to Barcelona in the Camp Nou and beat them um, or beat Inter when they come and face us at the Allianz Arena, which neither of which is a given. I mean, sure, we could do it. But there's a decent chance, like especially if we can't beat Pilsen, there's a decent chance that we could not do it either. So that's the significance of the Pilsen game. Then there's Freiburg. Freiburg are ahead of us in the table. If we lose to them, that's six, that's six points that we're not going to make up. They're going to go plus three. We're going to go minus three on them. Augsburg, second round of the DFB Pokal. If you go out in that for the third consecutive season, oh my God, oh my God, that is, it's over, right? it's genuinely over and it's possible that even if he wins against Freiburg and against Pilsen, he might be gone just because he loses to Augsburg because that is unacceptable, right? We can't be accepting these kinds of results every single week. And in the end, regardless of what you say about the responsibility being on the players to play, when there are this many poor results, it is the responsibility of the manager. And Pretty much every big team. You look at Chelsea. You look at Real Madrid. You look at teams that do tend to sack their managers. They say that the res- results are the responsibility of the manager. So, in my opinion, these three games, they can't make not ultimate season, but they can break it.
0: And in you know, I shudder to think of what kind of content we would get. I'm sure a lot of you listening by now, if not all of you, have already seen it. Was shown in the television coverage, at least here in the states. In I don't know if it was the same for you, um, in India where you are. But the Oliver Khan reaction to the Modest goal.
1: Oh man, Oliver Kahn the, would the, just. I shudder to think how
0: much worse the reaction would be if Augsburg knock us out of the Pokal after you know maybe sneaking a win in in Pilsen and then not beating Freiburg. Uh, like I like
1: I hope I the would man's not, health would be. I okay. would not want <laughs> to be in the dressing room. Okay. I'll, Oliver Kahn <laughs> might might actually rip Nagelsmanns head off because like, you you can't you can't lose these games right at the very least i can accept maybe a draw or a loss against Freiburg under exceptional circumstances that is the most that Nagelsmann will get on the other hand you have Pilsen and Augsburg they have to be must wins Pilsen at the very least because of the level of quality they have they literally could not stand against us so why shouldn't we beat them? And <laughs> Augsburg, because Augsburg are not good, okay? Augsburg are not a good team, and we should beat them. There is no reason for us to not beat them. And okay?
0: like, the, as we're talking about this, I just had the craziest idea pop in my head. I'm thinking of the last time there was like a caretaker manager, and I'm remembering Willie Sagnol after Ancelotti was sacked. But <laughs> I'm just like, is there anything in the, the DFL rules, in bylaws, like, if, like, yeah, I know Salihamidzic now is up in the stands with Heiner Khan uh, and most of the board members when he watches the matches, but is there any rule against Khan just coming down onto the bench and, like, shouting? (laughs) Because Um, can you, I feel like some of the players might get really woken up if they have the fear of Khan uh, yelling at them and then just, like, putting Nautism in the corner of the bench.
1: I don't think that the CEO or, like, certain people like that are A lot on the bench, but I don't know because the last thing I remember, I I
0: remember that Hoffenheim match when we uh, there were the protests against Deepmarhop. I remember Khan walking all across the field to the ultras. But But, like,
1: think about like who's going to stop him? Are you going to (laughs) be the security guard stopping Oliver Khan? No,
0: no, no, thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so who's going to stop him? So the thing is that like you can't, especially the problem with Nagelsmann here is that Tuchel got sacked at Chelsea, right? So with thomas tuchel available that cast a specter over the entire thing fine mm. have like the ready-made replacement available german coach with proven champions league quality, they proven tactics i know that chelsea tenure did a huge number on his reputation for whatever reason people seem to associate tuchel with defensive tactics whereas if you remember when he was in charge in the Bundesliga, his Dortmund team played amazing attacking football, pressing, all of that. And he's a disciple of Pep Guardiola. So he's going to be the number one guy our board looks to if they want to sack Nagelsmann. And I should point out, Tom, that you will be familiar with this. In the Premier League, when a manager is being is very close to being sacked, the club's board comes out with a statement saying that they're completely backing the manager <laughs> yeah
0: and yeah, then a couple and, of weeks later goodbye and a couple
1: of weeks goodbye so you you look at the statements you, i mean a, a lot of us like we wrote up a lot of these statements ourselves on our blog from heiner from khan they're yeah. very much they keep on expressing their support for the manager and i'm like thinking why do you keep saying this are you going to sack him really and yeah. <laughs> it's it's a little bit different at Bayern, yeah. to be fair it's like don't, yeah it's like the reverse
0: yeah. psychology yeah. i feel like when a player is just you know all but confirmed to have a transfer elsewhere all yeah, of a sudden you are the clubs like sane. social media team yeah. will, will like uh put them in like a post be like oh okay cool you're promoting this player and our new kit but like they're definitely going to be gone in a couple yeah. days
1: or like a couple it's week it's kind of so. like that but the thing is that baine don't usually do that for example when Angelotti was on his way out Things got very silent from the front office. Same thing goes for, let's say, who was it? Niko Kovac, when he was on his way out, our board was almost outright hostile to him. And Karl-Heinz Ruminiger literally, like, he didn't do it in public, but according to the media, he literally had a meeting with Kovac where he said, you are the problem. I think you are the problem. And Kovac reportedly resigned over that rather than, yeah. like, allowing himself to be sacked. So that's what our board used to do. But that's a different board compared to what we have in charge now. And now we have Khan, Heiner, and Salihamidzic. And I yeah. imagine that the last, the final word will go to Khan and Salihamidzic because it doesn't feel like Herbert Heiner has too much input in the sporting matter. He just throws a of sporting matters. and Even yeah. going
0: to add to that, you know, with the, uh, the quote-unquote, Tuchel shadow, yeah. I think the big reason before, like he was in the running to be uh, the manager. He was one of the names lodged around when before we hired Niko Kovac, right? When yeah, he I was He,
1: was, he was not only that, he was also one of the names back when Ancelotti was sacked. And that's one of yeah. the reasons why Ancelotti was sacked because Chucho was available. In the end, and we remember, didn't get to it
0: Yeah. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe one of the big things is like Uli Honis. <clears throat> like, apparently he had some kind of uh, egotistical type of beef with Thomas Tuchel and um, their sense of control. Yeah, basically, and that was like a big reason why they wouldn't pursue it further. Yeah,
1: basically what happened was like Hummels was on the player council back then and he went yeah. to the bosses and he said that, yeah, Thomas Tuchel, he's a nightmare to work with. And that's why we don't want him. And pretty much the rest of the squad, like the rest of the leadership group, who had ousted Ancelotti back then? That was who was a Neuer, Müller, um, Robin Rebury, Hamels, Boateng, um, and yeah, that that was the leadership council back then. Those guys pretty much were in agreement that they did not want Tuchel. And ironically, one of the other guys who was in the running to become our manager back then was Nagelsmann himself. And Nagelsmann beating Ancelotti with his Hoffenheim side was one of those results that caused. <laughs> Ancelotti to eventually get sacked. So, yeah. I don't it's even like, know how it's I remember kinda, this, but I remember kinda, the
0: uh, yeah. quick throw in, two balls on the pitch. I remember that result somehow. Oh, I don't know how the yeah. hell I remember that far back. Okay. There was like I, a ball on remember. the pitch.
1: I don't remember much about <clears throat> Ancelotti. And I think it I'd was find,
0: uh, even know? Hummels, um, where like way back when I remember sending a question into ESPN FC. I'm like, is Thomas Tuchel the tailor made guy to replace? Uh, yup, yeah, Hank is at that barn, and they talked about it. And they brought up the Tommy tennis balls story. Oh, my oh, I'm pretty God. sure it was Hummels. Uh, and Tuchel had him hold tennis balls in training because he was irritated with how often he was grabbing onto players, uh, their shirts, <laughs> um, their limbs, or whatever. I, I want to say it was Hummels now okay. that you mentioned that.
1: Okay. Uh, the thing is that. <laughs> so that's that, one
0: way. You know, maybe that's
1: you, why. He, there was he, one more was story that. back then that uh, right after Ancelotti was sacked. Early Harness had dinner with Pep Guardiola at a restaurant in Munich, and it was reported. Oh yeah, that, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, Hanes and Guardiola talked about who should be um, the guy in charge of Bayern, and it was reported that the guy Pep Guardiola recommended was Thomas Tuchel. So yeah, so Tuchel has the backing of a lot of these elements in the club, and Guardiola said back in the day that Tuchel should be his successor. At Bayern munich the thing is that what the management we had at the time Karl-Heinz strument again only Hernes, they were quite opinionated themselves and tukul seems to fall out with the management of whatever club he seems to be at because of that uh mm-hmm. they decided against him on top of the players being against it obviously but this new management we have uh brazo heiner khan they they might see Tuchel and decide yeah i will give this guy a go especially because of the lack of other options because who who else is available there's no one else available you can't just after if Nagelsmann fails there is no way um there's no way Bayern i in my opinion will go out and take a chance on a young Bundesliga manager again They'd pull, Well, pull and in yeah. you know
0: one thing you don't have to worry about if Tuchel were to grace the touch lines you're gonna laugh at this He pretty much, you know, he would just always wear a Chelsea jumper and a forward baseball cap. So Mm, if he was there, you don't have to worry about Bill and and board members and alumni complaining about Naugusman's wardrobe decisions. Wardrobe decisions. Flamboyant jackets, uh, Adidas, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Tuchel probably is just going to wear a Bayern jumper, forward baseball cap. You don't have to worry about that. And as we know, if we ask Antonio Conte, uh, he won't shy away from another manager uh, giving him some shit, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's not a big deal for two but yeah, the thing (laughs) is that yeah. So, uh, getting back to the point at hand, so these next three games and the next stretch of games until the World Cup, Nagelsmann, it's gonna make or break uh the season for Nagelsmann. And if we don't figure it out very quickly, or at the very least, if we don't limp through with the right results, I I don't know how how is he gonna survive because performances are one thing but Bayern Munich is not a small club where we say okay we perform well and that's enough for today we will maybe get the win next time that's not enough for us we need performances and results and right now it seems like Nagelsmann is only getting half of that most of the time
0: yeah yeah I would tend to agree and you know I I mean I guess the only thing we can do I feel like this is, a, this is a philosophical way to look at it. I'm always t- kind of like a glass half full type of person. The way I'm kind of approaching this for Bayern and for Noggle specifically is like the glass is half full, but the other half of that glass is empty.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Way. Thank you, Michael Owen. <laughs> you know, I mean, caught Tom. Like, look. what else?
0: What else can we
1: do? uh just well we can't do anything i mean we're just two guys randomly ranting on the internet about Bayern munich unable (laughs) to score unable to assist it's not like i can go on the pitch and score i would be probably worse than true promoting so i could try i mean
0: maybe i could give at that level since i'm playing in my adult leagues maybe i could give Bayern like a solid like
1: three minutes (laughs) three minutes did you did you see victoria pilsen against our Players, I mean, Victoria Pilsen. Those guys are in the Champions League. Those guys are in the top one percent of footballers worldwide. And when they face Bayern, they look like they could not play football.
0: So (laughs) maybe ten, maybe a solid ten, and then I'd I'd like just you know I mean maybe if the if if the rest of
1: yeah if the rest of the team carries you maybe unless you are (laughs) um secretly uh I don't know three Bundesliga. Professional footballer, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're, unless you're that, I, I don't think anyone on BFW could really save us. I, in my opinion, you know, the best case scenario, uh, uh, I, I, figures it out. Obviously, that is the absolute best case scenario. But the best case scenario, yeah. if he doesn't figure it out, is after the World Cup, we figure out, we give the DFB whatever money they want. Just, just leave a dump truck full of cash at the door. And tell them please share Hansi Flick with us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just let just let Yeah, just let Hanzi coach us and then coach um the DFP during the international breaks. Because that might be a better option than Tuco. Um yeah.
0: I mean yeah. why not? Yes.
1: Yeah. So I guess that's pretty much all we have time for today. So this was me, I need no name, and Tom Adams on our special re-recorded podcasting session. So thank you for listening. We have very little time remaining on our meeting, so we won't be able to do our full outro. But again, find us on pretty much any podcasting platform. Be sure to check out our blog and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bavarian Football Works. Thank you for listening and good night.